on this episode of AV Week, the digital transformation of the workplace. Avacor and Logitech team up for Zoom solutions. I'm looking ahead to 2020 in the world of AV. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 427, recorded Friday, October 25th, 2019. Don't miss the boat. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. And by Biamp. And by FSR. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to discuss the news and information we have got this week. First and foremost, you know her, you love her, you know her as AV Dawn. Dawn Mead, welcome, ma'am. Thanks for having me, Tim. Absolutely. Uh, also with us, uh, an old friend of the show. Uh, his name is Mr. Mark Coxon, a podcaster and blogger extraordinaire in his own right. Also works for Tangram. How are you, sir? I am doing awesome. Thanks, Tim. Awesome. Uh, and for those of you that are listening to this audio podcast, uh, I do apologize. We have two Chris's. They're both from the same company. So um, we're going to refer to Chris Gore and Chris Spence as their last names. They're both from Spore. Uh, Mr. Chris Gore, welcome, sir. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And Mr. Chris Spence, welcome, sir. Thank you very much. And if you're, you're familiar or you're, you're an avid listener of this show, uh, Spore is a company that we highlighted and talked about a couple, about, about, about a month ago, uh, episode we did with, with Brock McGinnis and talking uh-huh. Their, their solution, uh, their, their meeting solution, and we, get, we got to talking online and, and connected. And so now, now the gentlemen from Spore are on, and they're actually going to talk about something that they have an awful lot of knowledge about. They went to Zoomtopia a couple weeks ago, the week of Zoomtopia, uh, actually the 16th of October. Avacor and Logitech uh, have, are announcing a Zoom room collaboration. This is from our friends over at AV Magazine. Quote, unquote, Avacor, the, the fastest-growing global collaborative display company has joined forces with Logitech to deliver an integrated, easy to use and easy to install Zoom room for touch solution comprised of both companies' best in class collaboration technology. Uh, Mark, we'll start, we'll start with you on this. Uh, Tangram uh, is a primarily uh, focuses on, on furniture. You focus on the AV part of, of the business, not for nothing, but you've also worked for manufacturers, you've worked for integrators, you've worked for a lot of different folks. Take a look at this and take a look at what Zoom's doing in creating kind of their own ecosystem and inviting a bunch of folks to their party, right? So, so what is the thought process here in, you know, Zoom saying, you know what, you can have a place, you can have a place. We, we, we're just going to make the backend stuff that, to use their terminology, just works. We're going to make everything else, you know, kind of available for whichever vendor, I guess, or whichever manufacturer you want to use. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's super smart, right? I mean, if we've seen anything in corporate culture, we saw that BYOD was a big trend, that people like using their own devices, they like using things that they're familiar with, that they buy on their own, um, and that they've already integrated into their company. So why wouldn't Zoom want to be teamed up with somebody like Logitech, who everybody's already got in their hand if they're using a mouse or a trackball, um, that most people probably already have on top of their computer at home for their little 980 webcam or whatever. Um, 
you know, when you start forming partnerships with companies that consumers are already familiar with and comfortable with, then you're really in this spot where you're like, kind of bring your own screen, right? Like it's, uh, it's that type of situation now. And Zoom is just trying to be agnostic. I mean, customers are tired of being told they need to spend $20,000 for this black box that they've never heard the name of before, that only three people in their state can program and that you're going to hold the code for, right? They don't want to do that. They don't want to be at anybody's mercy. And so they're just saying, hey, this is a software platform that works for us. Um, these are the type of products that we want to buy. And Zoom's just making sure that whatever their customers already want to use that they're creating partnerships for to make sure that all paths point back to Zoom. And I think it's a genius idea. Don, uh, you did work for an integrator. Now you are the end user. So is Mark right? Uh, is Zoom just making it easy for the end user to kind of pick and choose what they want? I think they are. But more important than just making it easy to pick and choose, they're making it easy for non-AV tech technology-focused individuals to be able to outfit their rooms affordably. Um, when I read this article, I was thinking to myself, my God, I wish I didn't work for who I worked for. I wish I worked for general uh, corporation because I would be slapping these all over my enterprise because for every fancy demo room or custom specialty room that I have to design, I have 15 to 30 little rooms that just need a little slap it in solution of the same basic standard pieces that's going to be cheap and functional and easy to use. And something like this that I could just buy package A, stick in rooms this size, buy package B, stick in rooms this size. I love it. Uh, you know, the integrator part of me is still screaming, no, what about us? But, um, you know, that's not my world anymore. And looking at it from the perspective of an end user on an enterprise level, this is a fantastic, fantastic idea. And one that I think the whole industry's kind of been moving towards, but it looks like they've got it sort of packed together well. And I mean, we use Zoom here with, with AV Nation. I've used Zoom with other customers and with other jobs. And, and it's a, you know, it's a great product that does what it needs to. Now, because I do work for who I work for, there's a whole lot of other concerns that would be involved um, before I could even think about grabbing these little bundles and sticking them everywhere. But um, it's a great idea. And if they come up with, you know, a TAA compliant, uh, approved for the military industrial complex, cleared magic, super bunch of bundles that I could buy, I'm all about it. Give them time. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, for clarification, uh, Don works for a very uh, security adverse um, institution. So let's look. Uh, we're not security adverse. <laughs> we're all about the security. <laughs> so I said that lack of security adverse. How about that? There you go. <laughs> uh, Chris Spence, I bring you in on on this as as you know the integrator, one of the integrators of Marcus as well. Um, yep. you know, Don brings up a good point about you know what about us over here, but you guys. Like we mentioned this at the top of the hour and in the show we did, you guys have made a, a business out of this. You're kind of saying, you know what, here we are, knock yourselves out, tell us what you need uh, in the simplest form and we'll come out and, and we'll put it in. Is this, does this kind of fall in line with that, with that sort of thinking? Yeah, exactly. I don't think the role of the integrator is going to go away. It's just going to change. So um, it's more about saturation now. So People are growing up with video. They're expecting it within their meeting rooms as these millennials are coming into the workplace. And video is just a given for these people. So I think it's more about uh, good integrators pivoting 
towards being able to do this saturation work, which is maybe a, uh, more about volume than integrate, you know, complicated rooms. Those complicated rooms will still be there. Um, but really, the, the world's changing in these quick, fast-turn rooms, uh, are, you know, where the big corporations are heading. Um, in my previous role, I used to work with a lot of the big corporations, and um, they're internally all talking about this, about lower tech, higher volume kind of rooms. Yeah. Uh, Chris Gore, when it comes to putting these systems in, are these any more or less complicated than what you guys were designing and, and putting in, let's say, five years ago? Well, they're obviously much less complicated, but I think just to just to um, go back to Dawn's point, really, users aren't necessarily looking for over-complicated, over-engineered solutions. There are still going to be those elements available. There's still going to be auditoriums, town halls, et cetera, et cetera. But to go back to what Chris said, video needs to be a given. These rooms need to be really simple, really easy to use. Um, users are younger. They've been brought and raised with these kind of technologies in their hands. They need to be able to walk into a room, press one button, and for it to work. So they're much easier to deploy. They're much easier to use, but maintain the same function. And to the point that everybody's raised here is around scalability. So... I think Zoom are doing a fantastic thing in, in working with these manufacturers to try and create these standards so that they can, you know, deploy these solutions on a scalable, pro, on a scalable, um, you know, at scale, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, next story comes to us from our friends over at Commercial Integrator talking about the digital uh, adoption, getting uh, more digital in your workplace, but also in your client's workplace uh, from the article, quote, unquote, uh, Utilizing these technologies in an efficient way can help businesses scale up and free up employees for other projects. If AV integrators want to meet the growing digital needs of the corporate world, they should think about how their technology can help make businesses more efficient. Don, we'll start with you on this, both from the, your old hat as an integrator, but also as, as a, a user and end user now, a technology manager. When you look at um, whether it's digital signage, wayfinding, and stuff like that, you have a number of integrators who are going down this path and seeing this as a potential growth area for them. In the real world, though, is this something that, that businesses and corporations are looking at as an honest-to-good God need, or is it something that their, their integrators are bringing them saying, hey, here's a new shiny thing. Would you consider putting this in? So it's interesting, um, and this actually kind of goes along with something that Chris Spence said in the last story, you know, you mentioned the C word quite often there, Chris, uh, change. Our integrators, they, they don't like to change. A lot of our traditional integrators, you know, they, they like their old model. Some of them still wish they could all do design builds of, of 50 to $150,000 rooms, which it's 2019. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, same thing with this. You know, there are going to be a lot of integrators that are, you know, resistant on this. I saw it 15 years ago in my career when digital signage was first taking off. And, you know, integrators were like, oh, I don't know if we want to do this. We could sell them screens, but I'm not sure. And then the whole out-of-home market sprung up out of nowhere. And now we have these parallel related industries that we could have had. We could have been those guys. But a lot of integrators were like, well, that's not my $100,000 conference room. So we're just not going to deal with that. So I think from that perspective, the integration world and the AV world is actually a little behind um, I know my company, companies that are similar to mine, both within and without of the military industrial complex, 
they're embracing big data, they're embracing analytics, they're embracing signage, and they're embracing wayfinding, and they're embracing all of these different aspects of the digital revolution, and they're doing it whole hog. And to the, to, the, to the point that even I can't understand some of what they're doing and developing and building for their customers or our customers. So, you know, it's out there. And I think like the whole automation thing, building automation we talked about in 2011 with Infocom and had the opportunity to jump on board and AV said, well, I don't know, that's scary because it's change. Miss that boat, miss the digital signage boat. This may be another boat we're missing. And, and as, as I've said before, hey, integrators, hey, hey, industry, don't miss the boat. Like, pay attention to this stuff. Quit making fun of a VIXA for changing their name and figure out what the new name means and what it has to do with the digital revolution and embrace it. Embrace it or you're going to be obsolete because as I believe it was the other Chris, Chris Gore said, you know, like we got all these millennials coming into the market. We, we, we're changing. The world is changing. And if you don't embrace that change and go with it, you're sunk. That's my point of view. <laughs> yeah, Chris Gore, I was going to bring you on, on this. You, you, yeah. These, are, these folks are coming in. They're used to screens. Yeah. Uh, millennials are, not to be hateful to millennials, but they're getting into their middle ages. And, and I'm, I'm not looking beyond them because it's a, it, it is a big part of the of the workforce, but you've got Generation Z beyond them and the ones beyond that. These folks are, are, are growing up with screens. Is this something where you guys are looking at and, and integrators should be looking at as not just a revenue model, but also a service you can provide your customers? Uh, absolutely. The first thing to point out is, yes, they are growing up with screens, but the second thing to note with them is that they're, they're actually not afraid of technology. How many times have you spoken to a customer where their users walk in, see a touch panel, and they're petrified of it? There's too many buttons. They don't know what to do. Millennials aren't scared to do that. You know, they're oh, not they're scared not. to go and press a button and, and, you know, and if it breaks, it breaks. Um, the, it's funny you mention it, actually, about millennials and stuff. I wrote my MBA, and my dissertation was on in, uh, engagement in the workplace on how technology in that workplace affects engagement of employees. And essentially what we found is that, you know, in a 15,000 word dissertation, yes, it does affect the engagement. Um, but, but further to... 15,000 words distilled down to one, yes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. There was a lot of fluff in there. Um, uh, but essentially go, going back to it, millennials will, you know, like I say, that they've been born and raised with the screens in their hands. They expect instantaneous gratification whether it's in the workplace whether they want a um, delivery whether they want food delivered to their home whether they want a date they can get it from you know one press of a button um, and they want to take the things that they do in their own personal lives into the workplace i'm not saying dating i'm saying um you know productivity now what we'll find is that if the technology isn't up to scratch in the workplace then all the younger generation will do is just start using their own device and what that means is from an executive point of view, from a management point of view, they can't monitor that. It's not being monitored anywhere. We don't know whether the viruses are going to be brought in. So there's a security issue there. So long-winded way to answer your question and going back to the point that Dawn raised earlier, it's about change. You know, It's about how do organizations change, but also how do integrators change their message to say to organizations, you know, have you thought about this, essentially? Mr. Coxon, uh, when it comes to where you, you're sitting, uh, Don made, raised a couple of good points. Stop making fun of the VIXA for changing their name and figure out why they changed it. Yeah. Right. Are our integrators doing that? Uh, no, they're, they're stuck. I see it every weekend on AV and the AM, right? Like everybody's, everybody's a, a big, 
they hate the experience move, movement, right? Like they, they think it's too vague. They think it's too soft. Um, they want speeds and feeds and hardware to be the center of the conversation because that's a conversation they feel they can control and that they're comfortable with. Going, going back to something that Gore said, which was, I, you know, I was thinking in my head as well, the, the, main, the main part about this article is, is the word adoption, right? And, and each workforce has its own inertia. We say millennials are coming. Millennials and Gen Z are already 60% of the workforce. They're already the majority of the workforce. It's not coming. They're there. And they're the, they're the major part of the workforce right now. And exactly what he said, like if we don't, if we don't as integrators offer solutions that they want to use, those solutions aren't adopted. And then the ROI and the promise of what we do as an industry, our value um, is now seen as, as low because the CEO, the IT department, whoever it was, bought 20, 30, 50, $100,000 worth of stuff from an integrator only to have their people going around it and using FaceTime a month later. Um, that doesn't bode well for us, right? And so I think one thing we talk about a lot, you know, I'm with a furniture company, so we talk a lot about workplace, right? And one thing we talk about a lot is the inertia of the workforce. You know, each workforce kind of has its own inertia, its own way that they've traditionally done business, um, the way that they've traditionally done their workflow and things that work through. And then you have to find the technology solution that is most similar to that and that integrates into that enough to where it doesn't become something new they really have to learn. It, it really just becomes an extension of something they already do. And I joked about this the other day, like my grandpa got a computer when he was like 80 years old, right? And I go over to his house and he goes, hey, come back and see this email that your cousin Katie sent me. I'm like, great, let's go read Katie's email. So I go back in the, um, in the room and I sit at my grandpa's computer and I sit in front of the screen and I'm waiting for him to log in and I hear screeching behind me and behind me, a file cabinet opens and my grandpa pulls a piece of paper out with the printed version of Katie's email. He was an HR manager at a mine for 40 years. And the way that you filed things was you printed them and put them in a file, right? So you have these, you have these behaviors, this inertia, these things that happen. And if we as integrators don't become uh, more in tune or position ourselves as someone who can go in and be workplace workflow experts, like we would like to see how you work. We would love to observe the way you do things for a week, look at a meeting, look at the way people do workflow, and then come back with a technology solution that most mirrors that, but gives them the efficiency and the advantages that they need. Then we have something that's likely to be adopted, and then we're adding value to a customer, as opposed to just saying, buy these six screens and, and use them, and then when they don't use them in six months, we wonder why they don't call us the next time they have a bid. Spence, when it comes to, you know, Mark's point here about making sure that, that your clients are utilizing what you guys are putting in, things like digital signage and making sure that the technology is up to snuff and, and, and as good or better than the technology that they bring in. There's a, a lot of, of studies uh, out there about making sure that the technology is, is on par with, with what you know, consumers are able to touch. How do you make sure that you know, what you guys are putting in, what not only they need, but also what they're going to need in, in a year or two, and it's going to continually you know, provide them ROI. Uh, well, we try and stay uh, ahead of the curve and try and be in, in front of the bleeding edge technology to, to watch that come through into the industry, to uh, keep an eye on what's, what's at the very bleeding edge. And then, then we just kind of monitor it through there. We wouldn't suggest people putting in bleeding edge technology into their businesses, but we, we look at what fails and what succeeds. So, um, and in going back to what pretty much everybody said is about changing with the curve. So a, men, a business mentor of mine once told me that if you don't bend with the curve, then you're going to be left behind. 
Uh, and I think what we're seeing now is just the curve getting tighter. Um, and if you don't bend with it or be ahead of it, ideally, then you're going to be left behind. Um, and you know, this was a guy who runs a billion dollar business and uh, that, that stuck in my head. And I also put it, almost put it as a strap line for my business ahead of the curve, but uh, I got vetoed by Gore. But uh, um, yeah, I think that, yeah, you just gotta, you've got to roll with the change. And as far as looking at technologies, you've just got to be out there, making sure you're understanding what's coming out down through the line, make sure you're vetting everything and that what you're selling, you can put your name behind um, because it's our reputations on the line. Um, yeah. All right, very good. All right, guys, uh, last story here, and it, it, it may seem early, but uh, a friend of ours, uh, actually, well, a lot of us here on the show, uh, Dr. Margot Duwahi uh, from uh, AV Technology and, and SCN and uh, AV Network, she wrote a piece here that's very interesting, Power and Flexibility, the Keys to 2020 Enterprise. And Margot goes in here in, in depth, as she often does, talks about getting into the enterprise space and, and exactly how you as integrators can you it can, can can leverage this. Um, I'm going to use this as kind of a jumping off point and and kind of go down the the, the list here. Um, Chris Gore, I'll start with you. Uh, when you look ahead to 2020, what are one or two things that you're seeing as either an opportunity or um, maybe a hurdle for integrators, and how do they overcome that? Yeah. So um, I think the, well, the first hurdle is everything that this podcast is about. Really, is is, is the barriers that kind of AV integrators seem to put in front of themselves. So um, I think the biggest hurdle for the big AV companies is trying to adopt that change. But I'm not going to go into that again because we we've we've spoken about that quite a lot over the podcast. As far as future um, trends is concerned, and and you know the technology, I'm seeing a lot more around smart buildings. We've spoken. I've spoken loads over the past couple of years about smart buildings and about what it actually means. Frankly, I don't think it's going to be fully embraced until, you know, 2025. I think we're just, just scratching the surface with it all, but I think that's going to start to, to rear its head a little bit more over the next 12, 18 months. Um, occupancy sensors um, data of room, who's using it, how it's being used. I think that technology over, you know, in 2020, 2021 is going to improve and we're going to be able to make more informed decisions on the data that we're given on there. And then, um, you know, Commercial and, and business um, technology follows consumer trends, right? So Alexa, um, hello Google, voice commands. I think that kind of technology over the next two, three years is going to start um, being advanced and start you know, rearing its head at ISE and, and, and Infocom and all those sorts of things. I think we're a bit early for it yet, um, but certainly over the next 12, 18 months, I think smart spaces, smart rooms, smart buildings, however that looks, is going to start um, you know, it's going to start rearing its head slightly. All right. Mr. Coxon, we'll let you uh, chime in on this. What's, what's ahead for 2020? Um, well, I think, unfortunately, more of the same. I think sometimes we're slow, right? 2020, I don't think, is going to be this big revolution of, of AV. I think we will see some more of those trends towards that. I got to go to a, an Avixa co cohort lab with Arup and a bunch of people a couple weeks ago, and we talked about exactly this smart building and and all of those things. But I think we all agreed we're probably in that same time frame, five, probably a good five years away from having a, a good piece like that. I mean, I think we're going to see continue to see businesses, though, um, uh, reduce friction between employees and technology. 
Um, you know, what we see a lot, we, we do see people collecting workplace data now on chairs and usage and rooms and things like that. And they're starting to integrate that. Um, we're seeing more and more companies um, start to create apps, especially for open offices that use that data in a way to where if I come into an open office, it'll show me the seven stations that are open for hoteling. I don't have to walk around the building six times to find a desk that's open. It'll tell me what assets are at that desk. Hey, this desk has dual monitors and access to a printer. This desk has a single monitor and a wireless keyboard mouse. Where would you like to sit? Um, and then wait, you know, do some, uh, some uh, guide or wayfinding to that, to that particular location. I think we're gonna see more and more of that data as, as uh, 2020 goes on, that those are the easy, I guess the low hanging fruit that we have. Um, I think long-term, you know, everybody has one of these and most of the stuff that we use every day, just like we're using our cloud-based stuff here is, is available here either through OneNote or Share or Slack or whatever we happen to do. And so, you know, one of the things that I've been really talking to my teams about is, you know, how do we, how do we take something that people do every day, which is come in and set this down on their desk um, how do we make that be the trigger for launching that monitor that sits on the desk and launching their applications? I mean, I can do that in my car. I plug this into the USB port and CarPlay pops up and all the apps that are applicable to my car um, are available on my heads up display and on my screen. Why can't we have AirPlay or uh, uh, desk play instead of CarPlay where we set our desk down on the NFC puck, starts charging our phone and the applications that we use all the time uh, appear on that monitor in front of us. And so I think, you know, as we see time go on, I think that's where our friction point is going to start to decrease and uh, you know, where we'll see the next, I think, evolution of technology in the workplace. I, I real quickly, I, I, I would say that if, if anybody is a Mac user and the latest update to the Mac OS, I think Mark, you're, you're dead on with that because you, if, uh, you totally see that personally. We use Macs here at, at AV Nation for, for all of our editing and writing. And a week or so ago, when they did the major update, I looked at the, the new apps that were there and the way that they're positioning that. And I totally see exactly where you're going with that. I, I completely agree uh, on the whole dropping your, your phone down. So, uh, Mr. Spence, same same question here is, is, is where do we see 2020? Yeah, and just following on from that point, Samsung are sinking a lot of money into DeX uh, technology where they want to be able to deck your phone. Uh, and I think there'll be a bit of a mobile phone race towards that as the mobile phones are getting more and more powerful. They're basically PCs in your pocket. So um, I think from an integrated standpoint that we are heading towards AV as a service pretty quickly, given that the rooms are coming a lot, a lot cheaper um, and that people will start to use leasing options and pay by the month kind of options to start rolling these sort of things out. Um, I think that will be a change in the way people monetize it. They'll be sweating their assets. They'll see it more as a, um, uh, an ongoing cost other than a, a big upfront payment. So uh, I think that will definitely start to happen and you'll start to see a change in, in 2020. I think people are, slow, are slowly dropping it, but it's speeding up a lot. Um, and we're at, at Spore, we're trying to, trying to work out a, a way of capturing that um, and, and making a good commercial uh, offering around that um and and uh i think that down the line that essentially these soft codecs are just going to get bigger and bigger and, and overtake the big boy discos and the polycoms of the world um are going to find it a lot harder to get you to buy uh, a fifteen thousand pound codec or dollar codec depending on which other bond you're on all right ms don mead you will have the last word on this where are we where are we going in 2020 
I mean, the guys have mentioned it and, and, and we've mentioned it throughout the podcast. A, a lot of things, you know, it's been an incremental change because our industry hates the C word, hates change. Um, but we're really moving towards standardization. We're moving towards simplifying, making it more about ease of use. Um, at least from the now end users perspective, that's what we want. We want to be able to walk into any room in any building and just make it go. No headaches, no issues. You know, I, I, I have friends, my, you know, I have family that have, that have been programmers and designers and, and, and everything in this industry for, for decades, but that, that era is kind of past and we need to, we need to embrace that and go forward looking at, at ways of, of innovating ease of use. Mark's idea of, 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 you know, desk play. I mean, or, you know, even the idea of hoteling your, your desk and what's available there from a facilities manage, management standard, that's a fantastic idea. And we already have similar technologies out there. I go to the airport, I go to the parking garage, and it can tell me which floor has how many parking spots. And as you're driving, you can see the little red and green lights, how many spots are available. Why can't you have something similar with desks or cubicles when you go to a different building? And when you go to that building and see those desks and cubicles, you see the red and green lights, you also get, you know, hey, this is a room type A, and it does have, you know, triple monitors and, and, and a wireless keyboard or whatever, you know, because it's an engineering setup. You know, those sorts of things, they're here. They're available. We should be embracing them. And unfortunately, I, I, I just see 2020 and 2021 being, a, and, and hopefully I'm being a pessimist here because I'm not usually a pessimist, but hopefully I'm being a pessimist when I say it's just going to be another year of incremental growth of the same stuff at the shows and people concerned with their bl black and gray boxes that go in their racks and you know how are we going to handle this because this whole as a service thing scares me you know it, it, it just it's the never-ending argument and I, you know I tell you in the past two years since I've become an end user it's opened my eyes to the real chat I thought I understood being in marketing and sales what the challenges of my users were as an integrator. But now that I'm on the other end, it's like, whoa, there are way more concerns, way more stakeholders nattering in your ear and arguing with you and coming up with crazy ideas that you need to implement on, you know, shoestring budgets that it really impacts what we're able to do. And I think if the industry comes along and says, okay, look, I want to be your partner and I want to make your life easy. Let's see what we can do and do it this way. That kind of evolution is, I think, where we're going, but it's it's slow, it's glacial because you know we're AV. <laughs> All right. Sorry. That that happy note, we're gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm usually the optimist. Come on, let me have a pessimistic day. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Coxon, thank you, sir. How do people get a hold of you or or Tangram? Uh, I am at AV Phenom on Twitter, and that's where I usually hang my hat and push people to the other platforms. I've been pretty active on LinkedIn lately, too. Um, you can find me, Mark Cox, on LinkedIn. If we're not connected, please connect, especially the Chris's that are here today. And then um, uh, Tangram is tangraminteriors.com, and uh, you can check out what we do by going there. And also, you'll see uh, Mr. Coxon uh, along with myself uh, if you're headed to Avix's AVEC conference on uh, the 5th, 6th, and 7th of November. So down in New Orleans, Mr. Coxon will be emceeing the entire event, so you'll see more of him than me, thankfully. Uh, Ms. Mead, uh, thank you and your cheerful self. How do people get a hold of you? 
Well, as usual these past two years, I can't tell you who I work for or I'd have to kill you. No, not really. It's not that bad, but I, I really can't tell you who I work for. Uh, but I do also... I do sometimes work here uh, with avnation.tv, so you can always find me here on various podcasts. I do know without me, they recorded a new AV social earlier today, so keep an eye out for that. Wasn't able to make it due to the real job. Um, but you can always find me all around the socials at avdawn on the Twitters and Instagram and so forth, and Dawn Mead on LinkedIn and other such places. Very good. Uh, Mr. Chris Gore, uh, thank you, sir. How do people get a hold of you or Spore? <laughs> Yeah, LinkedIn is where I'm most active. Uh, Chris Gore MBA is how you can get hold of me on LinkedIn. Twitter, um, you'll see me on there at Chris Gore MBA, and the Spore AV website is sporeav.com. Right, very good. And Chris Spence, thank you, sir. Yeah, again, LinkedIn is the place you'll find me. Um, Director of Spore AV, Chris Spence, um, and uh, again, sporeav.com. All right, very good. Uh, for me, uh, don't go by the Twitters because uh, I'm probably complaining about the Bears quarterback at this point. Uh, but go by the website if you would, please. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. While you're there, check out our supporter section. These folks who help us financially help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and all the others. Uh, Mark uh, mentioned the, the AV and the AM. Please check that out also Sunday mornings. Uh, roughly... Uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, so depending on where you are in the world, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. I know the folks in the UK are falling back, I believe, this weekend, but us in the States are not. So please keep that in mind when you're looking for uh, AV in the AM, uh, so check that out. Also, we have a new um, uh, webinar coming up, and actually it's our first one that you get to have CTS uh, are used for, CTS renewal units for our, our next uh, webinar. Uh, it's, we're going to be dealing with uh, dynamic digital data and how it drives uh, a lot of the content in digital signage. So check that out. It happens uh, November uh, 13th, actually, uh, coming up in a couple weeks. So check that out. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.